welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Benita, for being my guest. And my guest this morning is Benita, and you're in the field of art therapy, and we were just chatting about that. But um, So how are you, Benita? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Okay, cool. Um, so tell me, <clears throat> I guess, more about what art therapy is. Well, art therapy um, began actually back in the Civil War era. Um, they found that uh, soldiers healed better if they were involved in something that kept their minds going. And so um, some of the women would bring art supplies to the uh, gentlemen that were healing up in the hospital, and they found that it was very therapeutic. And it just blossomed from there. And what art therapy actually is, it's a mental health therapy where um, you use art to help a person actually be able to connect with their, um, their difficulties and help them to heal through using art. A lot of times it's uh, therapeutic because it helps them relax, it helps them to focus on something other than their problems, and quite often it actually gives them insight into what their problem is by what they're doing in their art. Okay. So they're expressing themselves too. Huh? Yes, they are. So, um, yeah, I've, I've heard not far from here, you know, it's a place where they have horse therapy mm-hmm. and... Um, and then I'm familiar with, you know, dogs and animals like that are therapeutic and right. so forth. Uh-huh. So I guess all of these things are kind of similar in that they're related to um, mental health and um, taking someone's mind off of themselves and onto something else. Is, is that kind of? That, that's kind of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Just it helps them to be able to focus on something that helps them heal. Okay. And how did you get uh, in this field? Well, um, I am personally a veteran myself. Uh, I spent three and a half years in the military. And um, after I got out, um, I was kind of trying to figure out myself, who I, who I was. And, you know, I always enjoyed art. Always enjoyed creating and and doing things with others. Um, so I ended up taking a painting class at our church and found that it was very therapeutic to me. And I found out that there was a, um, a career out there called art therapy. And I was like, this sounds like something I might like to do. So I looked into it, researched it, and found that... Um, Everything that they did was things that I wanted to do, so I started uh, um, researching even deeper into how to actually become an art therapist. And um, I ended up having some difficulties mentally myself and ended up in the hospital. And a uh, lady that was at the hospital was bringing art into the patients, and I found out that it was very therapeutic for me to do art while I was in the hospital because it was helping me to be able to focus on something other than the difficulties that I was having. So I talked to her, and she actually helped me find out where to go to look into art therapy. She herself was actually an occupational therapist, and that's one of the fields that they use art 
in helping people to learn to cope. Um, of course, occupational therapy, they're helping people to learn how to cope so that they can actually become, um, uh, the, 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 to help them with their occupation to be able to be, uh, to be, to be able to work and um, become, um, I'm trying to think of the word, um, good for society. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times, you know, they might, a person may injure themselves and think, oh, I'm done, I can't do anything anymore, and an occupational therapist will show them that through different means of working with their hands and their feet and things like that, they're actually capable of doing more than they think they can. Mm -hmm. Well, this particular occupational therapist worked more on the mental side than the physical side. And I would say she probably did more of an art therapy-type program than she did an occupational therapy program. Mm -hmm. And so she helped me a lot. I was able to um, get back into society and become a functional um, functional being again. Mm -hmm. And it helped me a lot. So I was like, I want to do this for other people. Yeah. So um, what kind of mental health struggles were you having, if you don't mind talking about that? Well, in the military, I did have some difficulties um, that... Ended up, I ended up developing PTSD, and um, I was having difficulties dealing with the the aftermath of the with, with the PTSD and and things that were stressing me, and I ended up being so depressed that um, I actually tried to take my own life, and mm-hmm. so what I was in the hospital for was an attempt of suicide. Mm-hmm. So. Um and then PTSD, that's heard of that post-traumatic... Post-traumatic stress, stress disorder, and, yeah. And, and it can form from any kind of trauma. Okay. And you had a, a trauma in the military that caught, kind of right. started it, that it wasn't. It wasn't your typical... Um, most, most military people end up with trauma because of battle. Mm-hmm. Well, there was no battle during the time that I was in... My problem was that um, a lot of women had to deal with a lot of stress with the men in the military, mm-hmm. and mine came from that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It's an interesting, like I have a couple of friends who have PTSD, um, a neighbor, and then another fellow who's a part of a um, discussion group, a Bible discussion group that I'm a part of. So, you know, it's just kind of has been casually mentioned before, so I, I, I know but that they have it, but I don't know too much about it or what they're going through and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, But um, I don't know, is there anything that you can say more about it just to, to give like someone like me kind of more understanding of just you know what that is, or what it's like, and and um, um, and then do people just get over it, and it can just be a kind of a part of their past, or is it always something that they deal with? Well, PTSD can form from any kind of trauma, mm-hmm. and um, usually it's a pretty impactful trauma, something that really affects the mind pretty rough. You know, uh, like battle. You know, a person can be in a in a in a um, pretty bad 
um, gunfight or whatever, and they might see a friend die right in front of them. And that, that trauma of watching this friend die, they, they relive it in their dreams. And sometimes they'll be just walking around and um, say a firework will pop off and they'll end up back in that, that trench with their friend dying in their lap. It's like their, their mind just goes right back to that, almost as though it's happening in real life. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, they, they disassociate from whatever's going on around them. And sometimes the disassociation can be so, um, so debilitating that they can't work because they, they can't focus on their work because something will trigger them and they'll, they'll end up back in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, with a person who, uh, say a child that's been abused by a parent, they'll end up um, not being able to connect with other children because their mind is just not capable of connecting properly because this trauma blocks them. Mm-hmm. There are many different symptoms um, there's the disassociation symptom where they disassociate and they just don't connect at all. And then there's um, a heavy stress sy- system where they become so hyper vigilant that they can't even sit in a room without somebody walking in and they're jumping and then they can't, they can't relax. Um, it becomes a, a very difficult time for them to be able to be around people, so they tend to pull back and just... Um, uh, some of them will actually hibernate to the point of never walking out of their house. Um, and unfortunately, PTSD is not something that a person gets over. Um, they can lessen, uh, through treatment, they can lessen the severity of the symptoms. But PTSD is something that will always be with that person. They'll always have a possibility that something will trigger it. I've got a girlfriend that was actually in the war, and she does not do well on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. She will actually close herself off into her house and just stay there until the 4th of July is over because she just can't get around the fireworks. It just it sets her off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember um, I was down at Big Bend National Forest, and there was a fellow there camping, and... Um, Talking with him, I found out that um, he was up north somewhere, maybe Canada or somewhere, on some kind of uh, adventure trip. And he almost died. He almost um, froze to death. Like his, he got wet and it was cold. And he was just kind of immobilized at the base of a tree. And his group was trying to help him. And he ended up in the hospital for a few days trying, you know. And he survived and everything. But that seemed like... Um, I don't know if he said he had PST, PTSD from that, but it seemed like a pretty um, a type of thing he was careful about talking about. Like mm-hmm. he told us a little bit of the story, but it was like he was cautious. It was something wasn't something he would just casually talk about um, because of just you know reliving that it could be kind of rough for him and not mm-hmm. be very good, you know. Um. Well, as far as the um, art part, the art goes, um, so were you, were you in art involved? You were in, involved in art some, um, I guess, um, you said first before you got into the art therapy. It was like inter- art was introduced to you through a class at your church. Is that right? Yeah, well, I'd always been, an, 
I'd always been in art as a child. I was always drawing, always coloring, painting, mm-hmm. whatever I could do. But um, I started finding myself feeling a little lost. And my daughter, one day, she says, Mom, you need to take a painting class or something. Yeah. So I did enroll in a painting class and found I really enjoyed delving into the art. And I was actually pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. What do you think... Um, Art is kind of like, um, I guess, like some people differ like art from craft. Like sometimes, um, you know, for you, I guess, what is art? Is it a form of communication? Is it like just more of it for you, just the act of creating something? Is it the aesthetic, um, if I'm saying that right, you know, just some, something that's pretty or something that's uh, giving a message or what for you, what do you, th- how do you think of art? Well, actually it's all of the above. Okay. Um, with, with the art therapy, we find that sometimes a person can't verbalize what's going on in their mind. And sometimes they can put that down in art easier than they can actually say it out loud. So we encourage them to try to express themselves and put the creativity into the art. And then we might look at the art and ask them, you know, what they, what, what their art depicts for them. Mm -hmm. And so each person it's different. Sometimes it's just that they want to create something beautiful. Sometimes um, they want to delve into their creative mind and come up with something really outlandish. Many times it comes up with symbols that they didn't even realize meant something to them. And when their art is brought out, they'll look at it and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that I even connected anything with that. And they might use a certain color, and that color means something to them, but they didn't realize it until they put it in art. Mm -hmm. And then they'll look at it and like, oh, that always meant this to me. And it might actually bring something out in their memory that helps them to start healing. Is the type of art you enjoy most like the visual type of art as opposed to like other things? There's like, I guess, poetry and dance. and You know, there's all kinds of different kind of art. Is it kind of like more things that you're doing with your hands and visual type of art that you like? Well, actually, I like all kinds of art. Um, most of what I've been doing with the art therapy is the visual arts, but I have also um, delved into music. Um, I like to sing. I used to be a better singer than I am now. For As I've gotten older, my voice has changed, and it's not as good as it used to be. But I do still enjoy singing once in a while. Um, the I'm not a dancer, I'm, but I've, I, I enjoy watching people dance because they can show um, different things in their dance, and you can depict all kinds of stuff with dance. Um, my husband likes to delve into writing, and I enjoy reading his writings. And uh, there's a lot of creativity comes out in writing. So all kinds of arts are used with art therapy. Um, most of the art therapists that I know use the visual arts, but I do know that, uh, a few that will delve into writing therapy or movement therapy or things of that nature to help their uh, their clients. Yeah. How do you work in art into your um, routine? Um, you know, for you, do you have like, is it structured? Do you have um, 
a particular time of the day where you're just, you're just devoting yourself to um, whatever you're working on, whatever art, or is it more kind of less structured where it's just you get the impulse to do something? And well, it's kind of both. Um, there are days when I feel like just doing art and I just delve into art. But um, I also have on Fridays, me and one of my veteran friends gets together and uh, we used to have a group called Visions for Vets, which was a veteran group that all the, a lot of veterans would get together at the Fontbonne College and do, uh, do art together. And we would help each other in enhancing each other's art by helping each other with different techniques that they might not know, know how to do. And we'd teach them their, our techniques and they'd teach us theirs. Well, that dissolved. So me and my girlfriend said, we don't want to stop this. So we continued every Friday to do art together. And so we do that. I think there's an, there was an art guild in Jefferson County. Do you know about that? Or I had heard about it, but I, I have never connected with them. Yeah. I don't, it's been several years, but they had, they were meeting at the library here. Mm. Um, and here in Barnhart. So, um, I wonder if they're still together. I haven't heard about them for a while, but I, every once in a while I would see their, paintings displayed somewhere you know yeah i know the arnold uh, library will display paintings from art guild somewhere in the jefferson county area hmm. yeah um well what do you have any suggestions for how you know someone who wanted to incorporate art into their life more <laughs> just how um you know a lot of people are really busy just how to to do that or just any suggestions concerning that? Well, there's all kinds of ways that a person can put art into their life. Yeah. One is they actually focus on a certain time of day that they like to do art or like to like to put something in that is different than just their regular everyday routine, and they might actually schedule in a certain time to do art. Or they might find a class that they might like to take. And uh, there are colleges and high schools and um, churches and all kinds of places that have these art classes. Uh, there's also um, those, a lot of people like to go these, what they call sip and paint things, where oh, they, yeah. they go and they sit down and they paint together. A bunch of, um, most of the people that are there don't even know each other, but by the end of the paint, they're enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Um, it's just, you, you just kind of have to find a way to make it possible and, um, Focus on actually saying, okay, I'm going to do this. You actually have to make a decision to do it, to be able to um, get it, get involved into it. Sometimes you just let your busy life take over, and you just have to schedule it in. Yeah. I know some people that will make a, uh, they make a pact that they'll draw something every day. And to them, that helps them to create at least once, di once during their day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, I guess kind of just um, turning more toward you just as a person and just kind of talking about that. Um, I guess, um, you know, I was going to ask just what, you know, in your life do you find just really satisfying and we may already have been talking about it, you know, just the art, but 
there anything else or anything more that you want to say about that, about just satisfaction in life? Well, um, I find that if I, if I focus on the things I enjoy in life, like taking walks, spending time with my grandkids, um, sitting down and reading a good book sometimes, just focusing on the things that I enjoy will help bring some satisfaction into my life. I mean, there, there may be times when I'm having some difficulties and some turmoil on in my head, but if I break free from that just long enough to focus on something I enjoy, it's, it helps me to settle and helps me to be able to focus on the things that I enjoy, help me to focus on um, enjoying life more. Yeah. Um, just kind of getting out of the cycle of thoughts running in your head sometimes. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. I've heard people talking about mindfulness meditation and stuff for that. Um, We actually use a little bit of mindfulness and meditation with the art therapy, and sometimes that does help a person because they can't relax, and we help them relax, and then that we get into the art after we've relaxed. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, Well, what, um, you know, and just kind of thinking back about your, on your life, what wisdom have you gained that comes to mind and just kind of thinking about yourself as a younger person, but something that you have in your life now that maybe you didn't before and um, that, you know, you're thankful for, just some kind of wisdom about life that you've gained. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, first of all, I have learned to like myself. Um, A lot of times people grow up thinking, I hate who I am, I hate my name, I hate everything about me, but there are things about everybody that are good, and focusing on those things that are good is important, because the things that are good in you are the things that make you who you are. Um, Knowing that you have compassion for somebody else, knowing that you have things that you enjoy to do and do those things you enjoy. Spend time with people you enjoy spending time with. Um, Connecting with people is very important. Um, If you don't connect with people and cut yourself off, then you're not enjoying one of the things that God created for us in life. He created us to be a, um, a connected people. We were created for being a social being. And being social with each other is very important for us. And if we cut ourselves off from that that social connection, we actually can cause more depression. Um, Our brains are actually wired in such a way where we have these mirror, mirror neurons that will actually focus on another person. And we connect through those mirror neurons. And it's obvious when a child is learning from their mother when they're a baby, they're looking straight in her face and they're mirroring everything that she does. And those mirror neurons are helping her do that. Or, and, and this helps the child learn to connect with others and learn the social skills that they need. And so, the sociability is very important in a human's life. Mirror neurons, is that um, like um, 
is that kind of referring to like imitating, like you're kind of connecting with another person by like, if they're calm, you're kind of reflecting calmness back, or is that kind of what you're referring to? And it's very similar to that. Okay. Very similar to that. It's actually even more in depth than that. Um, a person, when a, when a child is looking at their mother's face, they can actually recognize subtle differences in her face. And she may make a slight scowl, and the child is kind of confused about it, but they mirror it back. Hmm. And it helps them connect with that, with that emotion. And their, their brain actually connects emotion to emotion by, by mirroring back those emotions. That's amazing. It's amazing how expressive um, faces are, like eyes, and just so mm-hmm. subtle, um, and how they communicate, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, you talked about liking yourself, and I can, um, you know, I can see how that's important. Um, like, what's the difference? I can see how it's different than pride, too. Um, how would you, you know, because pride can be uh, looked at as a vice, you know. How um, do you, would you differ, state it, or how would you differentiate between, like, um, liking yourself and pride, I guess? Um, pride is almost more of a bragging. It's It's almost like you're raising yourself above others hmm, yeah. and you don't want to raise yourself above others. You want to become, um, become genuine to yourself and genuine to other people and connect with other people in a way where you, you're not lording over them and making yourself better than them. Mm-hmm. You want to become connected and that connection is, um, is not prideful. It's it's you're not becoming better than them. You're becoming, I guess, kind of equal or the same to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've been, I've thought here recently how um, it's it's really not good to think of us as like just some kind of um, pure like perfect type of person and it's not good for us to think of us as like bad and you know just focus on that but we're just kind of like a mixed type of thing um we have these good aspects of us that you know we can identify um perhaps um being you know gracious or kind or whatever that we might see in ourselves and then we can also see um kind of negative things like sometimes there's these hang-ups or fears or um, selfishness or whatever, you know, we might mm-hmm. see. And I think that's kind of more of a realistic viewpoint um, than to think of us in one extreme, think of ourselves in one extreme or another. And it's also kind of like a good viewpoint for thinking of other people uh, um, rather than a black and white. Uh, and that way we're not putting someone up on a pedestal who we think are, is perfect or just seeing someone as all bad when there's good characteristics in there. So, um, and yeah, I think, you know, appreciate liking ourselves, appreciating the good, 
And um, yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, and connection. Is there anything you do um, for just to have more connection in your life that, you know, just any kind of intentional ways that you, um, or things that you do for connection? Well, one of the things that I've been doing um, since I graduated from college, and I really haven't found a job or a place to put myself at this point, I have decided to do volunteer work. And one of the places that I volunteer is at the, um, the veterans um, clinics. Um, I volunteer at the uh, Jefferson Barracks VA with their art groups, working with the, uh, um, the clients there. Hmm. Okay, that's neat. Um, I, I have a daughter who works at Ponybird. It used to be called Next Step. Mm-hmm. And then and I, had a do- I have a daughter who used to work there. They both found it a really satisfying type mm-hmm. of work. And it's a good place to be. But, you know, that's come up, that's come to mind a couple of times since we've been talking, like if art therapy would be something that... Oh, yeah, that would be an excellent place for art therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... You know, you can reach out to them if you want to, and I can connect you, you know, just let me know, and I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do that with... Um, you know, you mentioned um, depression. Um, so, um, I guess there's lots of things that can be done just to, to help with depression and prevent depression and stuff like that. Um, I guess connection's definitely one thing mm-hmm. and just doing things that you enjoy. Anything else to say about depression? Or Well, depression could be considered a mindset mm-hmm. or um, sometimes it can be a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes more than just, you know, trying to pull yourself out of it because depression can be worse than just, you know, a small melancholy. It could be something pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And depression can go into some dark places. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, having been to the point of uh, almost suicide myself, I know how how dark it can get. Um, sometimes you have to go to somebody to get some help, mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes medications to help pull yourself out of it. But there are also other types of therapies that can help. Like um, they go, they've got one called CBT which is a cognitive behavior therapy where you actually start trying to get your mind to think about things in a different way, in a more upbeat way, and it kind of helps to... Um, they, they find that putting a person in a more positive thought pattern can actually help depression. Um, and, of course, being with other people, um, preferably people who are in a... Uh, are happier people, not people that are already depressed can actually help help as well connecting with your family your friends um, other people who um, enjoy life just you know one of the things I enjoy to do I, I join with uh, some veteran friends and go kayaking once in a while and oh yeah I've seen a picture of you on Facebook yeah, yeah. I enjoy doing that as mm-hmm. just a relaxation and sometimes just relaxing can help the mind hmm. um, just just helping yourself to see things in a better light. Mm-hmm. Where do you kayak at? Well, um, the last trip I went to was in um, 
Mountain Home, Arkansas. Okay, wow. So it's a little ways away. Just a little ways. Every once in a while, we'll travel a little farther away. Um, Do you kayak got, around here? Uh, there's the Simpson Lake. Oh, yeah. Thursday okay. Thursday nights, um, the veterans get together up there and do kayaking. Okay. Wow. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> um, and when you're kayaking, like on a little lake like that, is it just paddling around wherever you want to go, or is it more to it? Is it, do you do any fishing with it, or? No, I just paddle around. Just paddle around? Sometimes I just sit and let the boat just you know, move on the waves and just relax. Yeah. It's just the, the relaxation of the waves itself helps to calm my spirit and, you know, just connect with the, with the movement of the water. And yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And, um, kayaking might be a little easier than like canoeing as far as like transporting your vessel and stuff like that. Probably, huh? Well, probably about the same. I mean, they've, they've got racks for kayaks and stuff. Um, our group has a big trailer. They travel with this big trailer full of kayaks, and then each person uses a different kayak. And certain people are like me. I'm a larger person, so my kayak is a little bit bigger than most because it has to take my weight. <laughs> hmm. So... Um I might have to talk with you about that. Just like, is that open to veterans? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. With a, we have a group called um, Team River Runner. It's actually on Facebook. Okay. Can connect with Team River Runner and find out different places that they're kayaking. I, I know they've got uh, they've got a um, thing coming up, and I don't remember the date, but it's called Kayaking with a Vet, and it's at Crevecore Lake, and okay. they'll get together and do some kayaking there and allow different people, even non-veterans, to get in the kayaks and experience it. Yeah. And it's a free thing. It's kind of neat just all the things that are out there, people are doing, you know, that you can do, you know, just groups and activities and mm-hmm. stuff. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to know what's going on and stuff, but there's a lot going on, so it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so um, I don't know. I guess you know you, you've mentioned Christianity and stuff. So I guess um, what um, what's that like in your life, um, Christianity, and um, like your experience of God, and just what's that? Um, you know, how does that fit in? What does it mean to you? That type of thing. Well, as a child, I grew up in a non-Christian home. Okay. Um, I found um, I found a church as a child to go to, and found that um, I connected very, very well with the Christian um, Christian people that I was with, and I was introduced to Christ. And Jesus became very important in my life. I find that um, He has given me a purpose in life. Um, just knowing that Jesus gave his life for me and um, knowing that I can lean on him anytime for any help that I need um, whenever I'm finding myself down. Of course, I, I lean on God. Um, 
being with Christian people is important for me because I feel connected with um, the love that they they emit, and uh, I find that Christian people, for the most part, are very loving. And being around that love kind of helps connect that that need of connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for people who are not who may be listening who are not familiar with Christianity, when you said that Jesus gave his life, like what what do you mean by that? What does it mean to, that he gave his life? Well, um, Jesus was God incarnate. He actually came to the earth as a child, grew up like we did. Um, his uh, he he had a, a mother, and then God was his father, and he came to the earth and lived in the earth just like we did. He had the same experiences that we did. He went through um, temptation like we did, but he was never he never sinned, and he was pure, and that was important because. He needed to, um, he, he became a sacrifice for us. The, in the Jewish nation, they had the lambs that they would sacrifice to take their sins away. Well, Jesus became that lamb for us. He was pure, he never sinned, and he died. When he died, he was, he was crucified on a cross, and he died the, the, the death of a sinner. But he was un. He was, he was not a sinner. He was clean and pure. And when he died, they put him in a grave, and he didn't stay there. He rose back from the grave. God raised him from the dead. And he is now alive and well, and his spirit came to comfort us and to live with us and become part of us to help us live our lives in a pure way. And accepting him as, as that sacrificial lamb and accepting him as the 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 lamb to take our sins away and to purify us is very important um without that sacrifice we would not be able to go to heaven to be with god we wouldn't have that connection that we need with god we were disconnected from god when adam sinned in the garden and then we were all born into that same sin and you'll notice that people have a sin nature. They tend to do things wrong even if they don't want to. But Jesus helps us to be able to, um, to live our lives without that sin. We can lean on him if we find ourselves feeling like we need to do something wrong. We can lean on him and he can help us to not do that. Yeah, that's well said. Are you still um, a part of First Baptist? Um, yes, I Arnold? am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's um, a, a couple other things that's just been on my mind um, that I thought I would ask you about, um, not because they're related to you, well, this one particular topic, not because it's related to you, but it's more related to a book that I just recently read, and I just want to know what other people's thoughts are on it. And it's a book on... Um, it's the title is um, the art of dying, and then the subtitle is recovering ancient wisdom. So it's kind of like um, a thing that's not like talked about a whole lot um, as far as um, preparing for. Um, well, it deals somewhat with like 
Well, um, you know, what do you want your last, your last days to be like? Um, do you want it to be in the hospital, um, you know, just kind of a part of the system? Or do you want something different than that and so forth? And then I would also think it might involve things like um, uh, just being emotionally spiritually prepared and uh, maybe in practical matters too like you know having one's affairs arranged and stuff like that or but um i don't know it's uh, something that i've been giving thought to and wanting to you know kind of be intentional thinking about this and stuff like that making plans and so forth is it something that you have given much thought to and if you haven't that's fine. We'll go on to the next topic. But if it is, I'd like to know your thoughts um, because this is just something that's been on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, um, in my studies, we actually came through, um, they they call it existentialism, where you're thinking about, you're, you're looking at you know what's going to happen to you when you when you die or mm-hmm. you know how do you embrace your death or do you embrace it mm-hmm. and um i have found that first of all i couldn't embrace death if it weren't for the lord mm-hmm. if i weren't a christian i don't feel that i would be able to connect myself and feel like i can die and die help uh, with a um a healthy way mm-hmm. um it's it's very difficult to um, to live a life without a purpose first of all, and when you do get to the point where you you're coming towards the end of your life, you have to think about you know how is my death going to be, and I can understand some people are really afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I'm not afraid to die at this point because I do know that my connection with Jesus is going to bring me to heaven. And I know that things are going to be good when I die. Mm-hmm. Um, so in living my life, I want to make sure that I embrace others and that um, I live a good life so that when I die, then I'm not feeling like I have left something out or that I didn't didn't do what was necessary in my life to connect with others and to to be for others what others would want um, want me to be. I want to I want to feel like I've lived a good life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you can't die well without living well. It's yeah, so to speak. Um. And there's, uh, you know, you've mentioned purpose like two or three times. How would you put, um, so you get your purpose through Christianity, mm-hmm. and then how would you state like what you mean by purpose or what is your purpose or, or what do you mean by that? Well, um, some people go through life feeling like they're lost. They feel like they have no real reason to live. They have no, um, no direction they don't connect with other people. And this gives them this feeling of loneliness 
and disconnection and loss. For me, purpose is finding something that I'm passionate about, like working with other people and helping other people connect. Um, to me, that gives me purpose. Working with people, connecting with people, helping people to be able to live better lives themselves. To me, that's purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe fitting in with what you were created to be somewhat, um, mm -hmm. like the connection aspect of it, like you right. were mentioning we're created that way. And it's, you know, finding and finding that and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the thing about, um, um, you know, there's the aspect of preparing for death and death, um, the part of just not, you know, existing anymore. So that's one aspect but perhaps the harder aspect is um, the suffering that kind of goes along with death, or it does for some people, mm -hmm. um, and um, and not you know some, no one knows how they're going to die, or or tip, most people don't know. <laughs> so um, it you don't it's hard to know just what kind of suffering that does that entail, and then. What would give one strength for facing that and enduring it well and so forth? Mm -hmm. And I guess um, one thing you mentioned seems like it would, knowing that there's good to come um, afterwards. So I can see how um, that um, could play a part in in that in you know, facing suffering and, and the endurance aspect. Any other thoughts about suffering in life or death or, um, you know, strength for that or anything? Well, I know there's a, a lot of people that suffer in different ways. Mm -hmm. And some people suffer physically with a lot of pain. Yeah. And some people suffer mentally. Um, some of them have mental illnesses that actually cause them to suffer. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen people who are without the Lord that they have difficulties with their suffering. They, um, my father, for instance, uh, he died of cancer. Mm -hmm. And during his last days, I saw a miserable man who had no purpose in life and was very angry at the world as he was dying in pain. Hmm. But I've seen other people who had the same cancer and were in the same pain that he was in, who gracefully went into death, very happy, very comfortable. Even though they were suffering, they leaned on the Lord for that strength to help them to deal with that suffering. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this, this difference is... It's a night and day difference. Mm -hmm. um, when you see a person that is suffering gracefully because they know that they've got hope mm -hmm. versus a person who has no hope, there's a big difference in the way they suffer. Yeah. And suffering is definitely worse if it feels meaningless. Um, whereas if you feel like 
if, if it seems like there's some kind of a purpose behind it, like you're, it's unto the Lord in some way, it seems like that can give strength during suffering. Um, so anyway, um, it's all really good and insightful, and I really appreciate your insight into these things. I guess just one other thing, just to before we wrap up, um, you know, we talked about connection. What about relationships? Um, so connection can be like, um, you know, the person you're with at the store, you know, who's ringing up your groceries or whatever. But then the 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 whole thing about relationships is, it's like, um, you know, for some people, things go d- deeper. And it's like there's some kind of connection that you're nourishing and, and things like that. Um, what do you, do you have any thoughts about relationships, um, either friendships or marriage or family relationships or anything that um, you know is in, important to you when you consider relationships and you try to keep in mind and that's helpful for you? Well thinking on the different relationships that I've got. Of course, I've got my husband, and um, we've been together now for 39 years. Wow. And during those those th- that period of time, there have been times when there was turmoil, mm-hmm. which every marriage goes through. But I have found that if I, um, if I don't focus on the bad and I focus on the good things about the other person, it makes it a lot easier to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. Um, instead of thinking about their faults and their, you know, the difficulties that I'm having with re- relating to certain things that um, they do that I don't like, instead of thinking about those, I try to focus on the things that they do do well and that um, that we connect in and try to find things that um, that are important to both of us. Yeah, that's good. Appreciate that. Well, um, I guess just um, before we wrap up, I don't know if you if there's any way that you want people to follow you, um, like if you're in a social media or anything. Um, but is there anything that you want to, you know, like I don't know, do you keep keep a blog going or any kind of social media where you'd like people that you'd like people to know about? Well, I really don't delve heavily into social media. I do have okay. a Facebook page, but I'm not, I, I, I had a web page for a little while, but I've, I, I'd have to redevelop and I okay. really don't have a web page right now. Okay. Um, I'm, I've never really been really heavy into the social media, um, probably because of my age. I'm not like one of the young people out there that is connected to everything in social media. I, I get on Facebook, I chime back and forth to my friends, and that's about it. And every once in a while, I might accept a new friend, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not real heavily into the social media. Well, anything else to, for us to bring up or mention before or talk about before we wrap up? I'm drawing a blank. Okay. <laughs> Well, thanks, Benita. I really appreciate the conversation. It's been good. It has, yes. Mm-hmm.